Welcome to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC sports. Brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com, the go-to provider for all your Tar Heel gear. Welcome in to the Inside Carolina podcast presented to you by Johnny T-Shirt and JohnnyTShirt.com. This is a UNC football recruiting podcast. And as always, we're joined by Inside Carolina's recruiting guru, Don Callahan. Donald, how are you? I am absolutely wonderful. How, how are you doing today? I'm good. I'm, I'm about to go on a big trip to Europe, so I'm prepping for that, and I am doing a lot of uh, content beforehand so we can run some stuff while I'm abroad. And then ACC Media Day is Wednesday and Thursday in Charlotte, so I'm heading down to Charlotte on Wednesday and UNC will go on Thursday. So that's it's fun to see a lot of my media friends and mix it up with the players and coaches and guys. I I would consider them colleagues and kind of coworkers, but I don't see them enough throughout the year. Gotcha. No, I can understand that. I mean, we have kind of like a weird, unique business to where you, know, you spend a lot of time with these guys in, in like one sitting, and then you won't see them for the entire year. You know, it's like, you know, and on a, on a serious note, you and I, um, we communicate a lot, but um, how many times a year do we actually see each other? I guess during the football season, we see each other at every home game. Which but is you're, what, in, six, you're in seven? business mode. Yeah, six or seven times. You're, you're in yeah. business mode. Well, I'm trying to get, I'm trying to get it done. Um, you know, I'm not, I don't get done what I need to get done until about halftime-ish. So I miss the first half, and I know that I'm, when I get home, sometime, I guess, Monday or maybe even Sunday, I'll go rewatch the entire game. So a lot of times I'm like, I'm just going to beat the traffic, get home and watch the, you know, wait to watch the game until uh, later. I mean, I listen to it on the radio to hear what actually happens, but yeah, so I, I'm kind of, I have tunnel vision focused on my recruit gallery and, and getting my scoop for all that sort of stuff so I can get the out of there. And you always have the tie on sometimes. Sometimes. Yes. When you make a request is when I put the tie on. <laughs> what, what, what requires a tie game late in the, late in the season? Uh, it's, you know, well, two things. One, I might wake up and be like, okay, this is, this is a tie game or the week prior, you might've said, Hey, you hadn't wear a tie this season. And so I'm like, all right, I got to bust out the tie next, next, uh, next game for sure. And so, yeah. You're known for your style. Uh, (laughs) wanted me to tell the listeners what I was eating before the podcast. So I will indulge. Well, I wanted you to tell me. But I wanted to get on the podcast for you to tell me. Yeah, so I had, last night I made some carrots, a mixture of chopped carrots, chickpeas, and lentils. And I cooked that down with a bunch of uh, spices, uh, chili powder, curry powder, garlic, all this stuff. Oh, and onions. Oh, and I put actual peas and corn in there as well. And then I cooked that down for like an hour. And then I made, I, and then I reheated it up this morning. I eat weird. I'll, I'll eat normal food for breakfast. Doesn't matter. Um, so this is kind of like my mid-morning breakfast. And then I heated it up in a bowl, and then I added a, on a bed of arugula lettuce. And I put a little uh, uh, Mexican cheese on top, and I put uh, raw sliced red peppers and raw sliced radishes. And then I put some a little bit of salad dressing on top. And right now I have this almond butter, turmeric, lemon ginger, black pepper salad dressing from Trader Joe's. And then I add cranberries, almonds, and sunflower seeds on top. So it's a it's kind of like a mixture bowl type situation. Yeah, it just sounds like you just took a bunch of different vegetables and fruits and, and lettuce and kind of just threw it into a, a bowl. But it's definitely way more involved than 
any meal that I'm usually cooking up. Uh, my wife's a little bit more adventurous, but not nearly as adventurous as you, for sure. I need to come over. You need to whip something up for me so I can come over and hang out. <laughs> That's right. All right. Enough of that talk. Uh, let's get down to business. The business. Now, this was kind of a slow week, and, and admittedly, we were, we were trying to figure out what to, what to talk about today. Uh, you posted the weekly scoop on Tuesday morning. We're recording this on Tuesday morning. We don't want to reveal too much of the weekly scoop because that's for premium subscribers. So we, we try to navigate, you know, what kind of news can we share and talk about and what do we want to keep kind of secret for subscribers. But we came up with a good idea. Um, you spoke about or wrote extensively about Jay, Ma- Jay Bateman's defense and specifically the front seven and those positions or, or position list spots and the type of player they want, their role, and how that fits in recruiting and how that kind of changes positions for guys and the type of players they recruit for certain positions. So we're going to dive into that, and we're going to look at, while Jason Staples and Greg Barnes have written and talked about that extensively on podcasts and videos and articles, we're going to talk about particular players in the 2019 class, the guys that are enrolling or have enrolled already will be true freshmen next year see where they fit in in the new defense, and then we're going to look at committed players and targets in the 2020 class, the recruiting aspect, and how they fit in in the front seven in Jay Bateman's defense. Um, from there, we're going to look at the remaining spots available in the 2020 class and how many players you think, Don, um, will be joining this class because they're sitting at 21 players right now, and it is July, and of course they have to recruit. You know, There's July, August, September, October, November, and then they sign in, in December. They can also sign in February. So there is a lot of uh, time left, but not many spots. So it's interesting, to, I think, as kind of a, a casual recruiting fan to look at the remaining spots in UNC's 2020 class. Then we'll do our top five. We were disappointed with the uh, involvement from our listeners. We had only three submissions, but I think we can create some discussion. Very disappointing. Very yeah. disappointing. And one of them is from, uh, from Michelle, who is an employee of Inside Carolina. So I think we can create some discussion on what we like to do in the summer. And that will be it. So let's start, Don, with can you kind of talk about a little bit what you talked about in the, in the scoop about Jay Bateman's front seven and how that's different and, and what goes into those different positions that are going to be new for UNC football fans? Well, so the I guess the backstory on this is uh, I've done in the past when a new defensive coordinator or offensive coordinator joins North Carolina staff. I try to figure out just what the differences are going to be as far as the personnel and, and the different type of recruits that they're going to be pursuing and who kind of fits where. Jay Bateman's defense, for a lot of reasons that, that uh, Jason Staples and Greg Barnes have covered the past few weeks, a few months actually, um, is so unique that it was one of the most difficult for me to kind of figure out and put the pieces of the puzzle together. I, like a lot of people, I, I rewatched the um, Oklahoma Army game um, which I feel like is, is you know is famous now because of Jay Bateman's ability to shut down that that offense. Um, I looked at a couple other games, the Buffalo game um, that Army played. Uh, also watched the UNC spring game a couple times, mostly focusing on who he put where um, in what situations. And it's just so hard because you know the quote unquote positionless defense. Um, you know he does a lot of um, masking of his looks. Um, you know shifts at the last minute you know you'll have you know a safety come up and play linebacker linebacker uh play safety you have a a nose guard of all people dropping into coverage it's just you know different um defensive line alignments um which make it difficult but um 
yeah, I finally was like, you know, screw this. Uh, I'm going to go to some people who I know, know this defense really well and have, um, you know, basically um, have, have kind of gone through this with, with coach Bateman himself. And I gained a better understanding of this. And one of the things I think is key is under for me, at least was understanding just how, Basically, it's a five-man front, a five-man defensive line front. Um, it's just you're you're taking the the two, um, you know, ends and you're standing them out and you're giving them more of a linebacker responsibilities. Um, and then the other thing is, is that I mean, he's going to you know you have the base front, but the base is basically just kind of the the um, the trunk of the tree, and very rarely is he going to be in the actual base front. It's just that every all of his formations are going to kind of branch out from that that trunk of the tree, um, you know. So, but if you understand kind of the trunk of the tree, you can understand all the different branches. So um, that's a I guess a long winded way to kind of give you a a general idea of, of of what's kind of going on here and what I kind of explained in depth on the weekly scoop. Okay, so yeah, so I mean, let's, let's start. I mean, do you want to go through the positions? Yeah. So, so basically, yeah. So why don't we do this? Why don't we, um, you read the scoop, correct? Yes. Okay. Did you take copious notes while reading said scoop? I took mental notes. Okay. And I, right. I already knew a lot of this, Don. I mean, I am a, I know, I know. Colonel. I'm just, I'm trying to catch up. I'm trying to catch up yeah. to you, Ross. Okay. So you have the, you have the nose guard, which will yes. be the, the same kind of nose guard in most defenses lining mm-hmm. up, uh, right over the center or, or to the, uh, left or right of the center. Correct. Yes. Yes. So basically, just for our purposes, let's just talk about the base defense because a lot of these guys will shift a bunch through the course of a game. But yes, the nose guard is going to line up across from the center. Okay. And then you have a defensive, a three technique defensive uh, lineman. Well, you have what he calls you. You have a nose tackle and a defensive, or nose tackle and an end, and both of those guys are interchangeable, and they actually play the four technique which is, or the four eye sometimes, um, but which is basically head up over the offensive tackles. It's not, it's not, now they will play some three technique, but they are, their base formation is four technique over the offensive tackles. And are there two of those down? Yes, two of them, and they're both down. Okay, and those are bigger, going to be bigger guys. Of course, the nose tackle is your, your squatty, large, kind of unmovable um, you know, six three, three thirty, three ten type yeah, player. It's gonna be your it's gonna be your heaviest guy, your your guy that's hardest to push. Yeah. The guy's gonna be best against against the run. Aaron Crawford is is gonna be the starting yes. nose tackle. Then you have two of these, what do you call them? Defense just defensive ends, I guess. We're just uh just D linemen. We'll call them D linemen. Um yeah. And they're gonna be, you know, a little bit more rangy, six six three to six four, six five, but they're gonna be thick still. In the anywhere we want between 280 range, 270 to 300. Yeah, yeah, and, and basically, I mean, the best way to think about it, they're going to be they're they are like strong side defensive ends. Yeah. So you might recruit a guy who is six uh, four, two fifty, and may grow to be two eighty. This is your guys like Jason Strobridge. I think Jalen Dalton would have played this spot. Um, uh, Kareem Martin would have been a great one. I, I imagine yes. that kind of, that kind of position. Okay, Absolutely. and this is kind of where it gets confusing, I, mm-hmm. I believe, is the outside linebacker slash rush ends. Um, can you talk about that position? Yeah, so I mentioned a little bit earlier, and you're you're basically looking at guys who are 
edge rush, or I'm sorry, guys who are weak side defensive ends. For the most part, that's that's going to make up the majority of the pool of talent that you're looking at for these two positions. You will will look at some strong side defensive ends, but they have to kind of be kind of close to that weak side defensive end mentality. And so, as you mentioned, there's two of them. One's called the rush and the other one's called the Sam. And the rush is your edge rusher, which is a guy basically just you for the most part. And again, there's going to be variations because that's what what uh, Bateman wants to do. But for the most part, this guy is uh, is just running full steam ahead towards the quarterback to, you know, cause havoc in the backfield, get sacks and that sort of thing. That, the, that's going to be your Tamon Fox this year. Yeah, Tamon Fox is here. Absolutely. Your Sam is um, is more of a guy who he he's going to resemble more of a defensive lineman. He's going to help more with the run. Yes, he's going to provide... Uh, a pass rush. Yes, he's going to drop into coverage and all that, but um, uh, he's not going to be between the two. Um, the the um, the rush is definitely more of a pass rushing threat. You know, the the, the um, Sam is more of a run stopper. Okay, and then you have two middle linebackers that are going to be the um, Mike and Will. Yes, and those guys. Line. Yes, and those guys from. The way it was explained to me, for all intents and purposes, you're, you're going to take the linebacking group, which um, which should be smaller actually now uh, compared to what it was, and then you're going to take your two best guys and you're going to put them out in the field. And um, you would know better than me who who North Carolina fits feels will be those two guys for this for this defense this, this fall. Yeah, I mean, you could see Jeremiah Gamel, uh, could see Chaz Surratt in that spot. I think Dominic Ross will end up being more of the outside linebacker type guy. Jonathan Smith could be an inside linebacker. Those you're more traditional linebackers, correct? A- absolutely. Okay. Yeah. So hopefully we haven't confused that anymore. Um, but the, the positions that I think is the cr- most critical or the, the most different is that outside linebacker rush in because you have some p- players who are going to have to change their roles and positions. Like Taman Fox, he mentioned he stood up on 95% of the plays of spring. And last year he probably was – had a hand in the in the dirt, hand in the in the synthetic turf. Now, ninety five percent of the time. So his role changes. You know, Jake Lawler will play that role, um, and you'll have linebackers making that shift, like Dominique Ross. So that's kind of the where it kind of gets a little vague. So let's go to the twenty nineteen class, Don, and look at the every lineman, uh, lineman, defensive lineman, and linebacker. Mm-hmm. And um, and you tell me where you think they will play because I mean they could have a role this season. Okay, all right. And I'm so, going to I'm going to give you their height and weight as well, so okay. that listeners can kind of visualize that. Because I mean we're we're, we're kind of learning this as listeners are, and we're supposed to be experts, so um, we got to step it up. Well, we okay. do. I think we do have a more knowledge of it than they do. We, we've talked to a lot more, but yes, we are. We are definitely learning as you go, as we go, and as we get to. I know that we're focused on 2019 right now, but after the break, we're going to get to 2020. And there was a little bit of it was confusion with um, Cayman Rucker, um, but and, and the confusion hopefully is um, has been fixed. At least on my part, I hope it's fixed. But go ahead. Okay, Eugene Asante, six one two twelve, four star kid. Where is he going to be playing? He's going to be one of the the inside linebacker positions. I know he has that speed and he has the ability to uh, to attack the quarterback, but um, he's he's definitely one of the one of the inside linebacker guys. 
Okay, cool. We'll go to another linebacker, Kadri Jackson. He is 6'2", 190. He's probably put on some weight since then. We haven't received the rosters. He enrolled in January, and, and both Jackson and Asante are expected to play a lot on special teams and, and at linebacker, a thin position for the Tar Heels. So Kadri Jackson. So I I believe he also will be an a inside one of those inside linebackers. He's kind of an interesting case because he could end up paying, playing one of those um, those outside linebacker positions. But if I have to say today, based on the the information I have, I would say one of those inside linebacker positions. Okay. Do you we'll, do you agree? Because you actually got to see him during the spring. I mean, we got to see them so briefly, and and you're trying to look at the whole team. So I will keep the expert analysis to you. Okay. <laughs> um, all right, so moving on to – let's just go down the line here. Wisdom Asaboro, uh, 6'8", 280. He is enrolled. He's listed as offensive tackle. There's some talk about him potentially being a, a an a offensive tackle by the time he leaves UNC. So defensively, where do you see him fitting in? Yes, um, I, I see him as one of those D linemen that, that you know, either the, the nose tackle or the end positions. Yeah, and he's a guy you got to think he's in a red shirt too, right? Yeah, especially with all the the um, weird sort of health uh, problems or whatever it is with with the knee, and then he lost some weight, and he but he gained a bunch of it back and and all that. So, and then also, I mean, yeah, he's you talk about a guy who who didn't even see what see a football until two years ago. Yeah. Okay. Tamari Fox, six three two fifty, listed as a strong side defensive end. Yeah, he's another guy, you know, like um uh like uh, wisdom where I think he'll be that four technique, four eye technique position, one of those okay. either the end or the or the nose tackle. Down lineman. You think he'll be a, a, a nose tackle? Uh, no uh well, the nose tackle, not nose guard, nose tackle. Gotcha, gotcha. Sorry. Uh cool. Yeah, he he seems a little bit thicker than his brother coming in to UNC, Remember, is that correct? Yeah, because typically, you know, under in other defensive um, schemes, the nose guard and nose tackle are synonymous. But in Bateman's, he has the nose guard, which is a true nose guard, and the nose tackle, which plays that down lineman four technique position. Cool. Okay, Kevin Hester. Now, he, he has some length here. He's 6'6", 230. Um, this is a strong side defensive end. It's, what, what role is he going to play? I think he also would be that four technique, four eye position, down lineman. Okay. Now his his length could lend himself to playing a little bit of the defensive end outside linebacker, but maybe he doesn't have those skills yet. Yeah, and the thing too with him is not as bad as Wisdom Asabaro, but um, you know, he didn't start playing football until his senior year. He was mostly a basketball player, so a lot of his um, it's it's we we need a lot more information and a lot and need to see him a lot more to kind of decide. And I'm sure UNC is kind of in the same situation. He'll fit somewhere. You know for sure, but it's just a matter of of where, based on his athleticism and how much weight he puts on, and how his his uh, coordination adjusts to that added weight and all that. But I right now I would project him in that four eye position. Great, Raymond Vohasic, the JUCO transfer, six four two fifty five. Uh, you know he's a guy who who could help UNC next year. Yeah, I'm going to throw him also at that four eye position, and I think that that he's probably. One of the ones is it's a sure lock to play that position, and because of his, uh, you know, he's a JUCO guy who has one year of of junior college experience. Uh, you know, I, I expect him to get into the rotation this uh, this fall. You're you're seeing a lot of players here at that um, defensive uh, lineman position 
that could play next year because that's where I think UNC is thin mm-hmm. um, behind Jason Strobridge. I don't think there's any any emerging talent that there's some guys that definitely could compete for playing time. Well, and the okay. other thing, the other thing too is, as I mentioned with with a couple of the other guys, is if let's just say they add a bunch of weight and just become you know you know run stuffer sort of guys, then they can move to that nose guard position. Or let's say that they show a lot more athleticism than what was originally projected. They could move out to one of the outside linebacker positions, probably that Sam position. Of course. And, and like, you know, any player, they, especially on defense, I think players come in as, as safeties and maybe move to linebacker or come in as linebackers and move to defensive ends or come in as, as defensive ends and bulk up to a more of a defensive tackle spot. So um, I think you see that more on defense than offense, and that's definitely the case as these positions evolve. Okay, last one, I believe, is Christian Varner. He's 6'4", 240. What's his role going to be? Same as the ones I mentioned earlier. <laughs> okay. I'm going to throw him at the 4-I position. I mean, as you mentioned and you kind of added to the scoop, just the the need at uh, the D-line depth, um, not knowing what really was back there, if something were to happen to one of the starters being a problem. Uh, but at least if you have enough bodies there, somebody is bound to be able to uh, to play if there is an injury. Yeah, so that's five defensive linemen uh, that you have kind of in the front three. Um, And, of course, UNC has a bunch already signed for the 2020 class. So you definitely see a trend of UNC having to restock the defensive line in these most recent classes um, to fill depth issues there. Um, Okay, great. So if you have any questions on this, I think this is a great chance for people to post on the message board and respond to this thread. Uh, if you have any questions and any uh, maybe specific things you want to ask Don or, or I guess me as well, uh, be sure to ask questions or comment on the thread on either message board. Uh, now we're going to talk about Johnny T-Shirt. They are a loyal sponsor, Johnny T-Shirt and JohnnyT-Shirt.com. It's a store on Franklin Street where you can get all your UNC apparel needs, hats, shirts, sweatshirts, um, things like that. You can stop in when you're in town for a game or driving through Chapel Hill. It's on Franklin Street. It's Chapel Hill tradition for over 35 years. It's locally owned. We always want to support local businesses, especially on Franklin Street, where I feel like every six months, places, places are changing names. Um, they have great customer service and a great online store. Make sure to check it out on game days to get your gear. Remember that all Inside Carolina subscribers Get a 10% discount online and in-store with a code available on the premium message boards. Um, The UNC South Carolina game is coming up. You need to get a t-shirt for that. Get some gear for basketball and football season as well. Uh, And they're promoting a real Carolina t-shirt for that game. So check it out. uh, GiantT-shirt.com and Giant T-shirt right there on Franklin Street. Okay. So we, we did, I think we did pretty well with that, Don, going through the 2019 class. We're now going to move to the 2020 class. Do you want to do just committed players? Um, it's it's your show. I'm just I'm just here. <laughs> it's your show. Your star. All right, we'll do just committed players. Um, I don't I don't like to live in a fantasy world. We'll talk <laughs> yeah. about the two that are leaning towards UNC, um, which Des Evans and and uh, Kedrick Bingley Jones. But outside of that, we'll stick with who we have. Okay. All right. All right. Well, you could just the guys that actually you know that visited North Carolina. You can just mention those too okay. if you want. So we'll, go right. by, we'll, do, we'll do the same thing. We'll go by this uh, kind of quick, and and then hopefully there's any questions people can answer those on the ask those on the message board. Okay. Um, 
pulling up the document here. Okay, so I'm just good on the list here. Miles Murphy, the most recent commit, UNC's highest rated commit, 64280. What say you, Don? I I'm going to throw him at the four eye position again. You know, okay. one of those the one of those two down linemen that uh, kind of bookend the the news the news guard. Now, could he be a tackle? But sorry, a, a, yeah, nose tackle by the time he leaves UNC. I mean, it's always possible. I know that he he gained a lot of weight um, shortly after his uh, junior season, uh, but then um, he actually has lost some weight. And and I was talking to the Dudley coaches and at his Dudley High School coaches, and they mentioned that they have both have him and Peyton Page, the five star defensive tackle, on a diet, trying to get those guys. Uh, trimmed down as much as possible before the season starts. And, and so far there's, um, there's been some evidence of some weight loss. Okay. Great. Okay. Ethan West, you mentioned him a lot in the scoop, Be sure to check that out for more uh, analysis there, but you know, he's a linebacker, six, four, good length. He's a big dude. I've seen him in person, two twenty five. Um, where is he going to fit in? He's going to be one of the, the linebacker positions, you know, those, those inside linebacker positions. Um, I mean, he's actually ideal, um, when I look at him, I think of like a, a Bill Belichick inside linebacker, you know, bigger guy that, you know, not a guy that you want in coverage very often, as we saw in the Showtime uh, camp clips, but definitely a guy who's uh, versatile, can do a lot of different things for you, and is very comfortable kind of working with, with inside the box to kind of help with the run. All right, great. Um, all right, moving on. Sorry, sorry. Okay, looking here. Okay, Kyle Pinder Jr., a, a recent UNC commit, six foot, six foot and a half, three hundred and three pounds. Where is he fitting in? At first, I was like, "Who's Kyle Pinder?" It's oh, Clyde. Clyde Pinder, Clyde. Clyde, and that's your favorite name. I know. Sorry for you to get mess, that mixed up. Is is surprising? All right, Clyde. I can't, I can't always be perfect, Don. I yeah, I know, I know. It, that's why it's good to have that that reminder. Because in my, in my mind, you should see how you are envisioned. Um, <laughs> Clyde, Clyde Pinder is uh, your, I guess, your prototypical sort of nose guard. You know, he's he's obviously, I mean, he, he's a, he's, you know, almost as wide as he is tall. Six, what is it, six foot? You said six foot, 300-ish. Uh, is that about right? He's listed yeah. Yeah, so I mean, he's a guy who's going to be able to stop the run, but he has also the added bonus that that he is definitely going to be able to, to apply pressure to the quarterback because he he has that uh, you know those nimble feet and um, that that relentless motor. Is uh, he as wide as he is tall? Is that uh, one of your go-to sayings and analysis? Um, it's one of my favorite because I, I guess in my mind I envision like a perfectly put together box, a square box yeah. with right angles. Clyde Pinder's profile picture is scary. I would not want to go up against him. No. Uh, well, watch some of the videos. Like, not necessarily what we posted, but there's some videos online on his on his Twitter, and he just dominates people and and talking trash the whole way. Definitely not a guy you want to go one on one with. Yeah, UNC's got to keep him in this class. Now, will UNC take one defensive like no one nose tackle class? Is that kind of the goal? I don't know the answer to that. I know that it was definitely a goal for this class that. UNC signed one, um, but uh, I don't know from here on what, what the plan is. I don't think so. I don't think it's going to be viewed as a quarterback position where you have to have one each class no matter what. Um, I think it's just going to be based on need and what they have in the pipeline. It seems like, I mean, that position is key because there's only one. And, and I mean, you saw last year Aaron Crawford went down and, and what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, if you got to have a guy that kind of clock at the middle so, so everybody else can make plays. 
Uh, and, that, and that's true in any, any defense, I guess. All right. Sean Martin committed this summer as well. Um, 6'6-260 out of Bluefield, West Virginia. Yeah, he's a guy who will fit that Sam, that outside linebacker position. And uh, it's, it's a perfect example of someone who probably could play that rush position, um, but, you know, is more of a deep, true defense alignment. So you keep him at that, uh, that, uh, that Sam position. So, yes, yeah, so I think he's the ideal Sam outside linebacker. Interesting. Okay, so, I mean, he's long and big, but he'll be yeah. standing up, but not as the rush. Yes, he'll be saying that's the other thing about, about Bateman's defense is that these outside linebackers in the base, they'll be standing up. But a lot of times you will. Well, not a lot of times you will see them with their hand in the dirt up on the line. And even when they're standing up, they're really close to the line of scrimmage. Yeah, and it's my understanding that it's, you know, it's called a three, four. But many times you are gonna have a five guys on the line. Yeah, you got five guys. And, then, and, good. and then a, lot, a lot of times also you're going to be in a four, two, five, which is. I think kind of like a bad word now because of uh, Koning's defense just didn't produce as much as a lot of people ex- or a lot of UNC fans expect it. But it's just kind of funny how, from my understanding, that you're going to see a lot more four two five than anything else. Yeah, yeah, interesting stuff there with with Sean. It's it's very interesting to kind of see like how Sean Martin differs from a Taman Fox and, and a Des Evans, and how I guess the different skill set and size changes what side you're going to be on, whether the rush or the Sam. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, AJ Beatty, six five two fifty out of Pittsburgh, PA. Uh, we're finally going back to that four eye position with Beatty. I think he fits there perfectly. Yeah, tall guy will probably put on a lot of weight and be six five six six to seventy two eighty probably. Yep. Uh, all right, moving down here now. You have Boaz coming in as a tight end. Is that correct? Yeah, and we he's he's being recruited as an athlete and they'll give him a shot at quarterback, they'll give him a shot at you know tight end. Yes. Really? Is that that's what he played. Well, that's what he plays at his high school and he got a lot of looks at quarterback. Mostly smaller schools liked him at quarterback. Um I don't personally think he's a quarterback, but um I think you know, I mean the kid's a good enough athlete where you say, "Okay, let's see what you can do." He's probably going to redshirt his first year. Let him try a little bit of quarterback until, you know, you you and him kind of realize, hey, this is this is not going to work. I mean, maybe it does. You never know. Um, but um, I think that if you look at the Showtime camp, he worked exclusively at tight end. And even at the Shrine Bowl um, invitation practice, he came in as a quarterback and was one of six quarterbacks to try out the position. But he ran a lot of routes at tight end and even – in some team drills, they had him at tight end blocking. Good stuff. Okay, Cayman Rucker. We talked about him in the last episode. 6'1", 243. Yeah, so here's the one where I've been giving, I guess, misleading information, kind of. Hmm. Um, so I've been saying he's listed as a linebacker, and I guess an argument could be made that, yes, he's going to still play linebacker in North Carolina because he's going to be playing that rush outside linebacker position. Um, now, where I guess the confusion is is that we're now going to kind of group them with the defensive line as opposed to the linebackers. Um, because as we said, the outside linebacker is basically kind of, kind of sort of a defense lineman. But anyway, yes, rush defensive end. If you watch his film, um, just put his film on and, and you'll see that, uh, you know, I mean, he's just an ideal fit. He's not as tall. He doesn't have the frame that you want, but I mean, he's very explosive and 
he's at his best when he's just kind of let loose and, and able to kind of run after the quarterback. Okay. And all right, so we'll go to the two guys that are not committed uh, yet. Still un, un, uncommitted, I believe is the better terminology. Uh, Des Evans, the, the guy we mentioned the most in this podcast, he is 6'6", 238. Where is he fitting in? He is the absolute prototypical rush def- uh, rush outside linebacker. He is you know long, as you mentioned, 6'6", uh, 240 pounds-ish, um, you know, explosive uh, edge rusher. Uh, but still has that size of a of a defensive lineman, uh, where that which is what Cayman uh, Rucker kind of lacks that that ideal size. But uh, you know Evans is a guy that that I think um, after a couple years, if he were to go to North Carolina, he would be an unbelievable uh, talent and and a weapon that can be used for sure. Yeah, and that rush spot is um, I mean they're just rushing the quarterback pretty much, and they're they're not going to drop too much in coverage. Um, and their goal is to get to the quarterback and disrupt the backfield, correct? Yes, absolutely. Okay. And the last guy, Kedrick Bingley-Jones, a name I think many Tar Heel fans should know and should get to know. He is announcing in August, correct? Yes, August 3rd at his high school, which August is a Saturday. 3rd. That's the That's going to be the day after camp starts. Um, yep. So, And he is 6'4", 266 out of Charlotte. Yes, so he's another guy who I believe fits in that four eye position, one of those uh, down defensive linemen that that uh, sit next to the uh, the nose guard. Okay, good stuff. Anything else you want to add before we close? This is kind of a long thing, but I think it's good information and cleared up some confusion there. Um, yeah. Oh, wait, Cedric, uh, did I miss Cedric Gray? Yes, Cedric Gray. Yes. Okay. Um, sorry. So, sorry. Yes. <laughs> Oh, because he's he's listed as an athlete, so I, I I just breeze over him. Sorry. Yeah, I hey, I know you're not perfect. <laughs> I learned it today. Yeah. Um, Cedric Gray is one of those inside linebacker positions. He's a guy, though. You know, at six two two oh five, obviously needs to uh, to kind of add the weight, and you can kind of see in his drills that he really needs to kind of add weight, and that uh, that would be helpful for him. Um, but uh, yeah, one of those inside linebacker positions. All right, good stuff. Anything you want to add, Don? I don't think so. I think um, we about covered it. Um, we did. We go really in depth with, and we break down. You know, not break down, but we kind of label each of North Carolina's current commits in the weekly scoop. So uh, a lot of questions probably could be answered just by by taking a, a gaze at that. All right, good stuff. Um, so make sure you check out the weekly scoop. When we come back, we're going to talk about the 2020 class and with 21 commits, commitments. How many more? Um, recruits and players they're going to take in this cycle what's up y'all this is four-time nba champ andre Iguodala. yo and this is his best friend the ohio state legend evan marcel turner the first every wednesday we drop a new episode on our show point four we're talking basketball business and all the culture in between from locker room stories to some basketball analysis from those who've been in the game now it is a duvet do average 29 and 11 God, what it take to be an all-star? A win. Subscribe to Point Forward, the podcast, so you don't miss a thing. And we're back. Welcome back, Don. Welcome back, Ross. <laughs> okay. Wait, or am oh. I coming back and you've been there? How does that work? Enough, I don't know. Enough of that. All right. Uh, 2020 class. And this was, I, I kind of brought this up because as a kind of a casual recruiting, you know, fan and, and observer, you see this class, they have 21 players committed. And you don't think many are going to decommit. Um, 
with with kind of the recruiting going up. You never know what's going to happen in, in the 2019 season. Um, and whether that's in the Fed, you have some players looking around. Josh Downs is taking some visits. Um, but, and we think, you know, there's a good chance that Des Evans and Kedrick Bingley Jones could join this class. So that moves up to 23. Don, take us through where you, how many players you think they end up signing in this class and maybe some positions you think they're looking to add one or two more players. If I were to say today and attrition happens, decommitments happen, all that sort of stuff. Um, I would say North Carolina signs a class of 25. So a full class. I know people have mentioned they're going to go over. I think it's one of those things that no matter what number I say, no matter what number I say, there are going to be fans who come up and say, no, they can sign this many more than that. And here's a list of all the attrition, average attrition every year, yada, yada, all this other stuff. And reality, I mean, I've been waging this battle forever. I'm going to get my, my soapbox for a second there, if you don't mind, Ross. Um, but I remember we used to get in this battle all the time with Fedora because he would sign these these smaller classes. Um, but yet Fedora never played a season under 85 scholarship offers. Um, and we were able to kind of verify that by just kind of looking back at who was on scholarship. He, put, he would put some walk-ons on. And I think in his mind he had the idea that some of these walk-ons were going to be put on scholarship, all that sort of stuff. But anyway... That's where we stand today. Could they go over the 25? Absolutely. There's a lot of things that could happen that, that would allow for that. But right now, uh, what you don't want to do, though, and this is something that, that I think needs to be brought to, to attention, is that next year's in-state class, the 2021 class, we've touched on this a little bit in prior, uh, prior podcasts, is unbelievable. Mm. It has, you know, the, when, we, um, when the, the top 247 uh, for the 2021 class came out, North Carolina actually broke the record for the most um, most members in that top two four seven, and it broke it by like two or three, um, which is significant. So what you don't want to do is you don't want to load up your roster with bodies when you have this. You're staring at this great in-state class where you don't even have to leave the state of North Carolina. Uh, to be completely honest, with me obviously you don't want to turn away guys, you, you're, and you're not going to turn away guys like uh, Bigley Jones and and Des Evans. But some of these other guys who might not be elite, um, you want to save those scholarships for next year, as long as you know your your depth obviously is being answered and everything. Because there's just so many great players in the state for the 2021 class. Yeah, so. I actually didn't. I didn't really know the 2021 class was was so loaded. I'm trying to pull it up now, but I can't get the state rankings. But um, that's interesting. And you would think the way this class has recruited the state so far, it's going to be even better in 21 and 22. They've had more time. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, some of the names you already know with, with Peyton Page and Drake May, Gabe Stevens, um, among others. They have one commitment already in Dontavius Nash. Well, I want to also throw out there with, with Peyton Page. I mean, he's, he's probably going to be the top in the state. He's a five-star guy. He, I think, in the in the top two, four, seven was. I'm going off memory, but he was definitely within the top fifteen. He's nine. Been, nine, yes, okay. So, um, and we actually have a little bit of an update with him in the weekly scoop. I won't go into details. I'll let you guys read it. But um, the update was conducted immediately after. Um, Miles Murphy, his teammate, committed to North Carolina. Um, both him and Miles are very, very, very close. But I'll let you guys kind of read that to get the, the details on that. But so yeah, so you have a guy like that, and there's you know Drake May, all this sort of stuff. So let's have some scholarships. You know, if you want to, <laughs> let, let's save some scholarships for next year. 
Okay, that wraps our football portion of the podcast. A little slow week, so we got how to get creative. And unfortunately, I will be in Europe uh, the next two weeks. So unless Don wants to cheat on me with another host, uh, we won't get a recruiting podcast until, geez, uh, the week, the, the, the first full week of August. Wow. And that's when Camp Man Camp starts, and we have media availabilities every day. I don't want to complain. I love my <laughs> job. But under Fedora, man, we got Fedora like three times during camp, and we had players three or four times during camp. We have Mac Brown seven times before game week starts, so before Monday, August 26th. But we have – we can talk to the players. We can request certain players every day for, from, from August 2nd to August 25th. Wow. So that's 23 days we're going to be on Keenan on, uh, over there at the, at the practice facility. And while you're doing that, I'm going to be doing high school practices for the majority of the month of yeah, August almost every day. At least one practice, probably two or three or four, depending on the location of the day and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, so August is going to be busy. We just need to get over these next couple of weeks of kind of the lull and everything. Yeah, and actually I spoke, I spoke a little out of line there. There's three days off. So um, I think they have to take some time off. So August 7th, 14th, and, and 20th are off days. So. Um, but still, it's uh, you get to a point, you know, in, in mid late August, you're asking these players. I mean, there's like nothing to ask them. Yeah. Um, Mac Brown's pretty good, you know, he'll be able to talk about some stuff with these players. You're like, all right, well, what'd you what'd you learn about today? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so this kind of leads, you know, summer for for at least my job, there's not sports going on. There's a little bit of baseball and Greg handles baseball, so I mean, it's slow. I'm, I'm doing a lot, I did a lot of NBA draft, NFL draft. Um, and, and I did some summer league stuff and you're, you're trying to maybe get some scoop here and there for football. And, and there's a lot of basketball recruiting, but that's not really what I do as much. And I can help out a little bit. And there's some definitely football recruiting. And I think my coverage of football recruiting is ramped up a little bit with this podcast, but it leaves some downtime in summer and it's deserved as, as basketball season and football season is a definitely a, a six or seven day weeks and some long hours. So that leads to our top five, Don, and this was your top five favorite summer activities. That was a yes. good top five, um, and we're gonna, we got three submissions. So yes, let's, we let's, and we we got to talk about these three submissions. This is disappointing in our in our uh, listener base. Um, you know, <laughs> I mean, you guys you guys got to do better than this. And we even have Michelle who finally decided to join the party on a consistent basis. Um, God, come on, guys! Or, or maybe they're out there doing these activities. And that's the that's what the issue is. Yeah, uh, think, maybe it's maybe these guys are uh, just busy on the message boards and their active fair activity is. Uh, well, I'm going to throw out a special. I'm going to throw out a very, very, very special call out right now. Okay. Buck Sanders. Buck Sanders, you you have my email address. You um, you have my phone number. You have uh, every means possible to contact me to give me your top five and i know that you've listened to a couple of these podcasts maybe not all of them i think it's about time that buck sanders starts submitting some top fives he has summer activities you know he has um whatever we're about to have for our next uh top five uh, which we'll get to so i think we need to call out buck sanders and he needs to start submitting what do you think yeah who knows if he can get to this point in the podcast but um <laughs> we need to move on here um Okay, so we'll start. I'll read first. Uh, you read Michelle's, and I'll read the other two, okay? 
All right, go ahead. All right, Dale from Waxall, a dedicated, valued uh, uh, submitter. Number one, go to the beach. I have family in New Bern, and we go to Atlantic Beach. We've also been doing South North Carolina and Upper South Carolina, as this is a shorter drive from Charlotte. Hang out at the pool. Great way to cool off on a hot summer day. Carowinds. Kids love going, so they hit up uh, Carowinds every couple weeks. Sounds like from, uh, from Waxall area, Carowinds is a pretty close drive. They go to the zoo, number four. Kids love going, so we should go to the South Carolina Zoo, smaller than North Carolina. They visit the North Carolina Zoo in spring and fall. I love the detail here. Then five, I, I like this submission. M- <laughs> Mackinac Island, is that right? I think that's right. Uh, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Mackinac Island, Michigan. Uh, Dale's wife is from Michigan, so each summer we head back to your family and take an overnight trip to Mackinac Island, which is only accessible by boat or plane. And the only form of transportation on the island is bike or horse. No cars allowed. That's awesome. I've heard great things about, I think it's the Upper Peninsula in, in Michigan. Never been to Michigan. Actually, that's not true. I've been to Ann Arbor. Never been to Mackinac Island in the, in the Upper Peninsula. And that sound, it sounds awesome. You know, only get to the place by boat or plane and you can only ride bikes or horses. All right. You want to do Michelle? Yeah, I will do. I will read Michelle's. Um, so she does say that she's going to submit it more often, which is great news. Um, her top five, no order. Jeepin, I have a 99 uh, Cherokee that is fun to take all sorts of places. Beach, mountains, Jeeps are a fun summer adventure. Travel, I love road trips. We did Pittsburgh, Niagara, Toronto last summer. Our daughter did just did Paris, Brussels, Amsterdam. So we didn't do any big one this summer. But next, I think we'll, we'll head west. Grill things. Anything cooked over fire outside tastes better. Uh, I would have loved a little more detail. I would like a little more detail there. (laughs) Not wearing shoes or only wearing uh, Tevis. Screw footwear. (laughs) Tevis. Tevis. I feel like uh, Tevis didn't make its way up to Philadelphia. No, they did not. So that's a word that I'm not familiar with. Uh, Gotcha. Gotcha. You'll have to show me. Um, Screw footwear for your feet. And last and finally, do nothing. So I'll right. let you uh, read. This is it's your neighbor, right? I don't know. Locke from Greensboro. Summer movies in the air conditioning with recliner seats and popcorn. Love it. Beach trip, grilling with an adult beverage in hand, golfing after work, and pool with the family. All right. I think a lot of good answers, a lot of kind of expected answers as well. All right, Don, you want to do one for one? Sure, go ahead. You can go first. Or you want me okay. to go first? You go first. All right. Um, my number five is cookouts. Um, a lot of people mention this. Um, I, I feel like the one thing, though, is I, I could do this throughout the year. Love just kind of hanging out outside with, with uh, neighbors or friends or whatever, grilling whatever, adult beverage, all that good stuff. Um, just kind of hanging out, although I'm not more of an outdoorsy. So if it gets super, super hot and humid, I definitely want to be inside, but I still grill, just not inside. Okay. All so right. you're my number, number five. My number five is a a good sweaty run or workout. Uh, it, it sucks while you're doing it, but man, after a good summer, hot summer workout in the morning or even the afternoon, and flushing out those toxins and and getting a big sweat, there's nothing better. Um, just to, to, to get that movie, to get the body going. I've really got a visual. I know you didn't have any sort of working out on your list. Uh, no, <laughs> okay. no, I did not. But I do want to point out, I do work out every morning. Not not to the extent that Ross does, but anyway. Moving your uh, spoon from the bowl to your mouth is not considered a workout. 
Well, it's a little bit more involved than that. I got to put the spoon in the dishwasher afterwards. That's right. All right, number four, water parks. We didn't do water parks this year, my, my family and I, but uh, we, we we usually do them almost every every summer. And um, since we didn't do it this year, I kind of realized how much I really enjoy them. I love um, water slides, that sort of thing. Get wet, do it on a nice hot day. Um, love it. Go ahead. Emerald Isle, or sorry, Emerald Point. Yes, I have done that. Yes. Yeah, that's uh, the biggest multiple one times. Point. Yeah, multiple times. So yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I envision you being a big wave pool guy. I I am not. No, I I love. I mean, I'm a roller coaster guy, so I like the uh, the the water slides that are a little bit more adventurous. You know, there's ones where you stand up and they just the bottom falls out, and you got to you know super fast. Um, the high ones, all that sort of stuff. So, uh, yeah. I mean, I guess I don't mind the the um, the wave pool, but I want I want some adventure. I want to wait in line for an hour. Yeah, I got you. Okay, my number four is road trips and and trips. I like to do, um, you know, at weekends, you know, take take the car and go to the beach and drive down the Outer Banks or to the mountains. Um, but also bigger trips. You have a little more time. I went to Seattle last year. I did a couple, uh, two weeks in Montana. I went on a big California road trip last summer, San Francisco, um, a bunch of different national parks, and then down to LA and San Diego. And I'm going to Europe this year. So we have some time here. And luckily, our, our bosses allow us some time off where when things are slow to, to get out and um, and really see this great world we live in. We'll be right. doing a, some crazy road trip in, in Europe for sure. You and I need to go on a road trip. <laughs> you say all this stuff about us hanging out, but you have two kids and a wife. Dude, they don't matter. All right. You just <laughs> let me know and we will hang out. Okay. You Podcast just give me on the road. That's what we should do, podcast on the road. All right. My number three, and this I know is definitely not on your list, baseball. I, I, I'm a big sports fan, period. But baseball, I feel like, is one of the perfect sports for a lot of different things. You can just put it on, do a bunch of work on around the house, and not miss a whole lot. Um, I like to put it on when I'm doing just normal IC work. Um, love going to baseball games, minor league games, summer league games, all this sort of stuff. I wouldn't say I'm like a huge, huge baseball fan. Big Phillies fan, obviously which right now is a little depressing to be. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, uh, love baseball. I love going to Durham Bulls games. Um, you know, uh, uh, like I said, the summer league games, we have one in Holly Springs I like to go to also. Go ahead. You watch, you try to watch every Phillies game, don't you? I do. But I mean, you know, it's not like other sports where you have to sit there with your eyes glued. There's a yeah. lot of times where, you know, most nights my wife and I watch our, one of our TV shows or whatever. And I mean, I, on my laptop, I'll have the Phillies game on. So, you know, and I'll just kind of look down on it and it works, you know, with, with football or with hockey or whatever, it's harder because, you know, you'll miss a lot just by watching, you know, something else. You know what I mean? There's I a lot you. of downtime in baseball. So it's, it's so ideal for that. And it's great for fantasy sports. If you do fantasy, fantasy sports, I haven't watched a full baseball game uh, in years. I mean, maybe a UNC game, but ah, it's been a while. Okay. Um, definitely not pro baseball. All right, my number three is beach naps. I love just going to go to the beach. You know, I usually get there once or twice a year, uh, getting on a blanket, laying down, reading a magazine, and falling asleep, um, and, and waking up, you know, sweaty and and sunburnt. And, yeah, got to be careful there. But uh, just the the going to the beach and reading and and uh, and falling asleep. All right, my number two is similar to what you had earlier on in your list, uh, traveling, uh, road trips sort of things. Um, you know, we mentioned last podcast, we did a little road trip to Cleveland. I really enjoyed that, even though 
Ross looked down on me for it. Um, and and we have already started to kind of throw out ideas on what we want to do for um, for next uh, for next year. What sort of road trip sort of thing we want to do? We're thinking about maybe doing a couple, you know, say one place for only a few days and go to another place, all that sort of stuff. So, if anyone has any ideas, uh, hit me up on Twitter about it. But go ahead, right. Ross. My number two is uh, I go to the mountains a lot. Uh, I, I, we have a little cabin outside Asheville. And with that, I go on waterfall hikes. I did one this last weekend, Upper Whitewater Falls, uh, an hour and a half south of Asheville. So you should go up with friends or, or um, lady friends and <laughs> go on. Uh, there's tons of great waterfalls in Western North Carolina, especially around the Brevard area, south of Asheville. But there's, there's hundreds of kind of, I mean, I think it's one of the best states or waterfalls. So it's uh it's kind of a I consider myself a North Carolina waterfall expert. That's interesting because uh, I'm definitely not a waterfall expert. I'm definitely more of a, a city slicker. But um, the one time when my wife and I were dating, we went on a waterfall hike, and I absolutely loved it. Um, definitely not my thing. So if if anyone who's similar to me, kind of like a uh, more of a, a city person, doesn't like to to hike or anything, definitely give it a try. Um, it, it was it, i i loved it i absolutely did hit me, um, up on, hit me up on twitter for any questions uh there's tons of hikes that are not even hikes that are right off the highway um so you can yeah. kind of just pull off and you can there's a lot easier it's very accessible for families and, and elderly people and people like don that maybe they can't hike <laughs> very far um but then there's the very tough ones the one i went on this one i went on this weekend was was pretty challenging to get down to and then we hiked in in the stream for a while and jumped rocks and stuff and it was unbelievable yeah, we the one I did was it was actually like a couple miles um, with my wife. But then last year we took the kids and we did one that was it wasn't very far walk. I mean, literally the the, the waterfall was was very close to the highway. But what was cool about it was one of those waterfalls where you can you know it's actually like a pool sort of thing, yeah. and the water was just unbelievably cold and it was yep. so hot out, and the water was also so clean. It was just a really cool experience. I'm I'm definitely a waterfall fan. I need to. Um, need to do more trips like that though but all right my number one relaxing i just like <laughs> to relax i um damn that uh drum roll wouldn't stop um i uh obviously i'm on the go I, I work almost every day of the year uh believe it or not even on vacation i work almost every day um so Whenever I get some time just to relax and just kind of lay there, it's awesome. Although I'm kind of not wired that way, I, I it, you know I start to think about things and have to go do something eventually. But it, is, it does feel good to kind of just relax, lay in bed, order pizza, not move, n- not shower, you know, all that sort of stuff. Just kind of just laying there in your own sort of stench Jeez. and eat pizza in bed. <laughs> all right, I've, I very that. rarely get to do that, but summer is probably the best time for me to do yeah. that. My number one is. I didn't know. I, was, I didn't know I was getting the drum roll treatment. Um, yeah. Tubing, tubing down rivers in. Uh, I mean, mostly North Carolina. I did it uh, recently, and it has nothing better. A couple of dull beverages, friends. You're cruising along. Um, it's just relaxing, and you get a little sun, and you're outdoors, and it's pretty low effort. So you are you're definitely relaxing the whole time, and. And if you have a good group with you, it can be very fun. And there's tons of places in the western part of the state, not necessarily the mountains, that you can go tubing on. All right. Anything else, Don? Well, I would love to, and this could be off air, know some um, some of your, your favorite tubing areas. That's something I haven't done that I would definitely be interested uh, and, in doing. 
super kid friendly as well. So that's cool. All right, good stuff. We'll be back in, I think, two weeks or, or once camp starts in August. Hopefully we'll have enough stuff there, maybe a couple more commitments, maybe not. That's it for us on the Inside Carolina podcast presented to you by Johnny T-Shirt. Thanks for listening to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com. Brought to you by JohnnyT-Shirt.com. Where to go for your next Tar Heel gear purchase.